You're listening to episode number 15, Intermittent Fasting and Circadian Rhythm in Sync. Welcome, I'm Kay Dorellis, your host, and this is the Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast, a go-to resource for people like yourself looking to learn more about their health and happiness through intermittent fasting in a world that's constantly telling us to do more, be more, and eat more. The Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast has listeners from all over, and I just want to shout out a few areas on the map from this week's listeners. Hi to my listeners over in South Africa, in Germany, California, South Carolina, my people across the pond, I love you guys, Greece, Vegas, and the Netherlands. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wherever you're listening right now, I just want to thank you and tell you I love you. I really appreciate your support. And if you're loving this podcast, make sure to subscribe and give it a five-star rating. Hey, do you have my intermittent fasting guide for beginners? It's the second edition. It's new and it's all for you. If you're a beginner or even an advanced beginner, doesn't matter. I want you to have it. Get it for free. Just go to Good Girl Gone Omad, leave me your email address, and let me know where I should send it. And now, back to my conversation about fasting. Everybody loves numbers. Everybody loves numbers. We as human beings love assigning a number to something because it tends to validate what we do. Whether it's 1,300 followers, maybe 20,000 Facebook friends, or a million dollars in my bank account. (laughs) I'm kidding. But listen, if a million of you listeners out there each donated a (laughs) dollar, okay, but seriously, if you'd like to donate to my show, visit goodgirlgunomad.com. But we are obsessed with numbers. We track everything. We wear a watch to track our steps. We want to know how many steps did we take today? We track our activity. How many calories did we burn? What was the duration of our workout? We track how many calories we eat versus how many did we burn? We track our food. How many grams of sugar did we eat? How many grams of protein? How many grams of sodium and carbs? How many hours of sleep did I get? How many hours of sleep didn't I get? How many boyfriends have I had? (laughs) Hey, all of my intermittent fasting challengers out there, if you haven't seen this yet, get ready. I am kicking off my three-day fasting challenge in July, but this one is definitely special because I'm co-hosting it with my good friend, Fasting Human. So you can either complete the fast with me beginning July 1st or with Eric beginning July 9th. The choice is yours. So follow us on Instagram and Facebook so you don't miss your chance to fast with a gang of us. Let's turn it up this July and I'll see you on the 1st. Seriously, there are so many ways to track everything from your health, your goals, habits, your media consumption, friends, sleep, money, 
your mood, habits, everything can be tracked. And I get it. We want to know ourselves a little bit more in order to help ourselves to control ourselves and optimize ourselves and even entertain ourselves. If you embrace this movement of self-surveillance, right, consider yourself a data sexual. That's what they're calling it. I honestly think that this way of life is frankly obsessive. I'm being honest with you. We are drowning in numbers that have no actionable value, meaning we have all this information readily available to us and we wear these watches that tell us everything about everything. How many glasses of water did I drink? How many laps did I swim? How many miles did I run? What neighborhood is my packaging in? How are my stocks doing? It is a lot. I don't fundamentally believe we should be living life like this. It isn't sustainable. And I'm all about living a lifestyle and promoting healthy habits that are sustainable. However, I will say that tracking or this idea of self-surveillance, data sexuals, is a very, it's a very good tool to get people to become more engaged, motivated, and to be more conscious. But I don't think that you need a watch or even a fancy gadget. I don't think that you need to be aware of your physical numbers every day, every hour, on the hour, in order to see progress. Matter of fact, good old paper and pen still works wonders. And I used to be like you, obsessed with calorie counting, measuring every step, every ounce, every sweat bead, until I realized after months and months that despite me being armed with all of this information, I wasn't happy with my progress. So I said to myself, girl, what would happen if you just stopped? I took my tracker off. I put away my watches. Stop counting, stop tracking, and honestly, that is when success happened for me. Our everyday conveniences like our cars and our phones, now coupled with our obsession to track ourselves, has completely distanced us from natural rhythm. Most people can't even tell time without looking at a clock, but time is the master of all. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, every living, breathing cell on this earth evolves and grows under the rise and fall of sunlight and moonlight. Plants, animals, you, we are all influenced by lightness and darkness. That's what we're talking about today. Circadian rhythm. So what is it? This definition has been adapted from the National Institute of General Medical Sciences, and it says it is the act of change in your body cued from the environment, with the main influence being daylight. Simple. We don't need our phones to tell us what time it is. We actually run on our own biological clock. Our master clock is a group of about 20,000 nerve cells that form a structure inside of you called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN for short, which is located in your brain. SCN receives information about incoming light from your eyes and it relays it to the brain. So for example, at night when the moon is out, 
SCN tells the brain to make the hormone melatonin and you become very sleepy. Our bodies are designed to be in sync with circadian rhythm. Light can either turn on genes or turn them off. They can either speed up your biological clock or slow it down. This stuff is real. If you've ever been jet lagged, then you've felt the effects of circadian rhythm on your biological clock. These rhythms can have an effect on how you sleep, which is one example, but more importantly, it can affect your hormones, your eating habits, and your digestion. Now, do you see where I'm going with this? Operating within a 24-hour circadian rhythm can actually help you optimize your eating and fitness. So let's explore how. So before artificial light and artificial food, (laughs) I know, I know, but let's just call it like it is. We call the flash from our phones light and we call snacks that can sit on the shelf for months food, but I digress. So before all of these modern day conveniences, like way, way back in the day, we would hunt and gather our food when the sun was high and rest at night, i.e. fasting. So this isn't a new phenomenon. Ayurvedic medicine has always thought of when we eat is more important than what we eat. For most of us, our daily habits are typically guided by the sun, but Because of modern day conveniences, we eat when we should be sleeping and we sleep when we should be eating. And some of us eat around the clock. So there's no wonder why we are all out of sync. So you might ask, but what does this have to do with fasting? And I'm going to get to that. But when you think about it, most of us eat as soon as we get out of bed. Because someone sold us the lie that breakfast was the most important meal of the day and we bought it. And then we eat and snack and eat all the way up until bedtime. That's about 16 hours of eating and maybe only eight hours of sleeping. That is such a large window to be consuming food. You are essentially taxing the heck out of your digestive system for six hours. So this theory of circadian rhythm eating is simply returning to our natural pattern as human beings, stepping away from the phones and the computers and the apps and the clocks and eating according to light, which is just another way of saying when we eat is more important than what we eat. Ultimately, your eyes The windows to the world are telling your body what time it is and what to do during that time. I say all this to say, and I'm very serious when I do, that you cannot outsmart your body. Eating at a caloric deficit and all of these other programs that these so-called health coaches are selling these days is just a recipe for malnourishment. Your body is smarter than you and it will win every time. So along those lines, I like to think of circadian rhythm and intermittent fasting as close sisters, but they're not the same. Circadian rhythm eating is not intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, by definition, 
is a set pattern of fasting and eating to a certain number of hours. I typically go between 16 to 24 hours without eating and occasionally do three-day fasts. So I'm not always practicing circadian rhythm eating. Circadian rhythm eating is specifically fasting from early evening until morning and using that sunlight as a guide. I can't argue that one is better than the other, but clearly I am biased to intermittent fasting. Now you're interested in intermittent fasting in sync with circadian rhythm eating, but how do you do it? Number one, I say eat with the sun. If any of you follow my personal Instagram account, I post a lot about the sun and moon phases. Somebody might think that I'm a celestial worshiper. Not the case. I just understand the powerful influence of our sky and how it relates to our health. The expectation is to eat when the sun is up. But don't get this confused with breakfast is the most important meal of the day because it is not. I don't believe that and I certainly don't promote that. I'm saying eat during daylight hours. Over the years, I know we've listened to these so-called experts that promote increasing your metabolism. And as a result, we've been misled into thinking that eating as soon as you wake up will help. And it doesn't. Circadian rhythm eating is different. When I say daylight, I don't mean first thing in the morning. So try to eat around lunchtime and avoid eating too early. Number two, consider an eating window. Have you ever heard the saying, there's a time to work and there's a time to play? The same can be said about your body. There's a time to eat and there is a time to digest. Anything that takes us out of sync with light and dark cycles can have a debilitating effect on our health. Giving your body enough time to eat and then properly digesting the food is called time-restrictive eating. This is a form of intermittent fasting, so to start, it's typically 12 hours, and this is a very gentler way to approach intermittent fasting. How cool is it to tell someone to eat when the sun is up and stop when it goes down? Simple. No timing, no tracking, no weighing, no equations, just good old reliable sun and moon to guide you. Number three, avoid snacking. The simplest way to improve your metabolic health is to refrain from snacking in between meals, no matter what method you're following. Just ride the wave of your natural circadian rhythm and help your blood glucose levels improve. Nerd girl alert. So a new study came out in April from the Medical Research Council who conducted a study that's the first to identify insulin as a primary signal that helps communicate the timing of meals to the biological clocks in our body. Now, if you've never heard me talk about insulin before and you're not quite so sure why insulin is crucial when it comes to intermittent fasting, you're going to want to head over and listen to my episode number three, which is titled, What Goes On in Your Body During Intermittent Fasting. This is where I cover all of the hormones that are working when you do intermittent fasting. 
But the short answer is insulin is your storage hormone. It tells your body to store fat. Your insulin levels go up, they spike when you eat, and they fall when you're not eating. So in the study, they gave mice insulin during a time that they typically be resting, and it completely disrupted their circadian rhythm, causing mass confusion between night and day. They basically proved that insulin acts like a timing signal to the cells in your body. This is like really eye-opening because if we draw the comparison to humans, knowing that our access to food any time of the day, we can equate all of that eating and snacking that we do to be a huge disruption to our own biological clocks, among other distractions, right, that keep us from our optimal health, like long work hours, insane commute times, cell phone usage, Netflix binge watching. And it's now becoming evident that disrupting our circadian rhythm is linked to diseases like type 2 diabetes and heart disease. I find this topic so interesting and I really love it because it is just a reminder that despite all of our futurism and our egos, we should remain grounded in this earth, guided by light and darkness, influenced by gravity and inertia. We've done a heck of a good job over-engineering the crap out of ourselves, that we've fallen out of relationship with our North Star our sun, the thing that ultimately guides us. We've come to pride ourselves on the number of steps that we take and the calories that we burn all the while, never considering that too much information is in fact too much information. Take your ego out of the journey. Our brain, our gut, our microbiome, they're all interconnected. If we allow ourselves to just be human beings, to just be and remove all the robotics, then maybe, just maybe, all the stars will align and everything will work out. All of these research articles that are coming out now are just echoing back something that we've known all along, Dorothy. We are simply a reflection of the environment that surrounds us. Deep inside our bodies, we are operating within a rhythm, whether you are in tune with it or not. But I hope after this episode, you choose to get back in tune with your biological clock and perhaps try a new way of thinking about when you eat versus what you eat, whether that be intermittent fasting or circadian rhythm eating. I've enjoyed you guys so much today. Follow me over on Instagram and in the Facebook group by searching Good Girl Gone Omad. And let me know what's your favorite part from today. I love to hear what you guys think about the show. Do you feel driven by the sun now? Or maybe 
this just fueled you to get started on your intermittent fasting journey. Either way, leave me a comment or send me a message and let me know what you think about today's episode. And while you're at it, if you are loving this podcast, please head over, give me a five-star rating and subscribe. Just clicking that little button is like donating a million dollars in the podcast world. Until next time, bye for now.